Welcome, guys. This is the Starting Blank Podcast with Sam Lister, and I have a very special guest today. It is Jordan Stupar, owner and CEO of Sales Domination System. Jordan, we will get into your into your background a little bit, but tell the audience, what do you do? How do you spend time on this planet? Uh, the way I spend time on this planet is primarily by working. Um, I'm I think happiness comes from productivity and creation and innovation. So uh, my whole days are spent uh, creating and building this company. It's a SaaS company, which means software as a service, for those of you that don't know. And uh, what we do is we, we replace CRMs in small, medium, and large businesses. For those of you that don't know what a CRM is, it stands for Customer Relationship Manager. And uh, I've been in sales for about 18 years, and I'm sure we can dig into the history or whatever. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I wanted to create a new product, um, like any entrepreneur does, to replace the things that I hate about the products that I was using for 18 years. So um, that's primarily how I spend my time during the day. Uh, by night, I do some video editing, as you know. Um, I think content is really important. I also uh, play music every now and then. Uh, guitar I play um, so I do have that is it the right or left side of your brain that's like the creative side I think right the right so I do have don't a quote me though I do have a strong right side of the brain so I like to do um, lots of things that are creative based but uh, at the end of the day um, I'm all business straight business uh, trying to chase revenue trying to build a company and uh, make an impact on this planet wonderful when did you start sales domination sales domination recently right Yes, um, that's when we opened our doors and started transacting business was uh, last December. Okay, but l really, it's been um, it's been around and it's been being developed now since about June or July of 2017. Okay. So yeah, it's 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 been about two and a half years that it's actually kind of the code has been been written. But as far as my involvement of selling it and. Uh, you know, getting credit cards and getting people on board, uh, probably just under a year. Okay. Got it. When did you start creating content then? Man, um, I started creating content probably in about 2015. Okay. Um, when I started experiencing some real success, um, as a salesperson, obviously, um, I think, and, and I could be wrong about this, but I think from a professional standpoint, um, creating content about sales or business or entrepreneurship, you should probably have a little bit of success behind you so that you have something to talk about and actually give. Um, so that's probably when I started kind of creating content. It was mostly photo based um, because back in the day, Instagram was like that place where it was like, dude, I want a lot of likes. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to like do some, you know, good photos with a nice long caption or whatever. Um, that was kind of what kicked me off into being putting content out on the internet. Yeah. So you said you've been in sales for 18 years. Let's take yep. a step back. Yep. Where'd you grow up? Grew up in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Brookfield, Wisconsin. You moved down to Miami. I moved down when to- was that move? That was 2013. I moved from New York City down to Miami. Okay. So went to college? Yes or no? I went to college for two years, obtained an associate's degree at the UW-Waukesha okay. campus. Yep. Got two years, got my associates, and then uh, transferred that fall to UWM, bought my books, went to one class, went back to the bookstore, returned the books, received a refund, and never went back. <laughs> what? Okay, walk me through that process because I was originally enrolled in uh, Waukesha for two years. Oh, I'm nice. like, wow, I can't do this. So before <laughs> even committing to it, before paying anything, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to college. Yeah. So I decided not to go because I, I didn't think it was worth it. What was kind of running through your mind 
So you already have like an associate's degree. You've already already been in school for two years. Yep. You're at UWM. You pay a few thousand bucks for some yep. some books you're probably not going to use. Right. Obviously, you didn't use them. <laughs> right. What like were you doing anything in the entrepreneurial space before that? Having <laughs> jobs, sales jobs, commission. Kinda a little bit. I mean, um, it was like the it was like the perfect storm really of like, kind of growing up. Plus, it was probably about 2007, 2008 market crashed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm seeing uh, my parents get smashed with 401k, like everybody did in America for the most part. Um, so there was that part and I was like, do I really wanna go pull 40, 50, 60 grand in debt right now? Um, and at the time I was using my summers in between school uh, to do door knocking. And so I've sold a lot of products door to door, primarily alarm and security systems in residential areas, um, which I excelled at. And so um, the, 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 the main driving factor of dropping out of college and not finishing was, do I want to go into debt or do I want to make money? And so I figured I'm going to make money. Plus I hate school. I didn't have a whole lot of direction back then. You're, you're how old again? 20, 20, just so, turned 20. Exactly. <laughs> so most people, including myself at the time when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, I didn't really have that thing that I wanted to do. And, um, I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always wanted to have a business or something to do. Um, but just never had that, that thing, you know, I just, I just didn't have that thing. And so, um, I just sold other people's products. And so I got pretty good at that. And, um, that's what I think threw me out of college is I was like, dude, this is bullshit. Why, sh why should I be learning algebra yeah. that I've never used yep. and never will. Yeah. And wh why shouldn't I just go door to door? Yeah. And so that was the, the key driving motivators behind dropping out of college. Okay, so you were doing like door-to-door -door sales still in college, right? Yeah, during the summers. You know, during the summers, like the whole door-to-door -door thing is the intent to go out and make 40, 50, 60, 70, 100 grand during the summer knocking doors. Like you work really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the summer, you get like a bonus for your production if you hit these different tiers or whatever. And so um, that attracted me. I, had, I was working at Chili's before okay. the whole sales thing. And yep. I, got, I got fired from Chili's. Why'd you get fired from Chili's? Um, when you don't show up to work unannounced uh, enough times in a row, sooner or later they'll let you go. I was actually really shocked that they let me do that like four times before they finally called me and were like, dude, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't do we're that. sorry, bro. Like, we yeah. can't have you on board anymore. <laughs> were you doing, did you just like not show up or was just, it for door to door sales and you were, no, no, just, just like, just no call, no show. Yeah, just, like I do not want to come into work. I'm Chili's, not like, yeah, forget you. I'm sleeping in today. Like I'm not showing up to lunch at 1030 to go give people chips and salsa. Like. I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into door-to-door -door sales. So me personally, I've never gone door-to-door -door in in a professional setting. I've sure. sold some like baseball tickets and oh, stuff nice. like for like my, my baseball team back in the yeah. day. Other than that, I, I hear a lot of people like this is how salespeople start off. What are like the number two and three lessons you've learned going door to door. So, I mean, there's, there's really a, a long list. And, and for the record, I believe that everybody should go at door to door for at least one year in their life to learn these simple things. One, um, is the, the fear, uh, of, or, or being able to overcome what if, like, I remember my first door, like it was yesterday, you walk up, you go up the little steps and literally there's that moment right before your knuckles hit the, hit the door where you're like, what if 
like somebody shoots me? What if somebody says no? What if they slam the door in my face? And you don't actually think about what if I, what if I get a deal? Yeah. You're actually thinking about all the things you're scared of. And so um, going door to door really helped me overcome that, that anxiety or that feeling of like, what if this doesn't work out? And so that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is um, I would say being able to just overcome rejection. Like I do not mind getting rejected. Like it, if you're getting in sales or entrepreneurship or business, you will fail more times than you succeed. That's just, if, if that's not the case for you, then I don't know, you're magical or something. <laughs> but um, overcoming rejection because it happens all the day, all day long. All you're doing is going through rejection, trying to find that one, two, maybe even three yeses. So that would be lesson number two. And then lesson number three, I would say, is being able to just be able to talk to anybody. Like, you never know who's going to answer the door. It, it, it could be different gender, different race, different age, different, I mean, there's old people, there's young people, there's all sorts of people that could open that door. And so being able to have a conversation based on their values, um, I would say would be the real highlight is being able to talk to anybody and be able to start extracting their values from them so that you can actually guide the conversation towards a direction that they're most likely to be most interested in is I what I would that. say. I love that. Let's touch on failure. Failure is super, super interesting because like in a traditional school setting, we're taught failure is bad. Right. Like you get punished if you fail. Right. You fail a test, you don't pass the class. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple but broken system Agreed. that we, we grow up in. And that's really the only like r real world quote unquote experience you have as a kid besides Agreed. like in your McDonald's job or Walmart yeah. job where like you will also get punished yeah. if you fail. Yeah. You don't, I, I don't know, like it's, it's just backwards. So, so as I jump into, jumped into entrepreneurship outside of a traditional school setting, like the failure thing was a huge kind of like learning and like undertaking for me because it's like, okay, in life you get taught these lessons. You, you learn these things from actually failing and testing. Yes. Like you don't, you don't study and study and study to do the thing. It's right. completely backwards. You learn through your experience. And like the whole school system is set up literally, literally backwards. Yep. You study for the test, which you're supposed to learn for it. And it's, yeah. you, get fail, you get punished if you fail. Yeah, I'm vibing out with every word that you're saying because I, I truly believe it. And I think that, you know, like, it's not about being good at history. It's about being good at the test. Yeah. And then you learn a little bit more about history and then you get another test. And so, yeah, I think you're right, man. Like if, if I wasn't the best student because I never really, I was never really that interested in some of the things like things like geometry, things like chemistry for some reason or another, I, I crushed like, Chem, 98% on my first <laughs> yeah. first semester exam. Just saying. <laughs> right? like, Little flex, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I crushed, like, some of these mathematics or whatever. But when it comes to algebra, I just didn't see the, the, the point behind it. Anyway, but, yeah, I'm vibing out with everything that you're saying because I think you're absolutely right. Like, the idea in entrepreneurship, honestly, is to fail yeah. your way to success. Yeah. And in school, that's just not the case. Like you can't just keep on getting F's. They just toss you out of school. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just saw a um, post by Mark Metry and he interviewed Seth Godin. And mm -hmm. one of one of Seth's quotes was right now is 50,000 times easier to fail than 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it is, because the stakes are just so much I don't know about lower. It's just way easier to overcome those failures. Awesome. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, like, I have so many people that hit me up, like, randomly. Like, I don't have a, a brilliant YouTube channel or anything. I have, like, 1,100 subs or whatever. Yeah. But, like, people will DM me or whatever and be like, hey, man, you know, I'm like, I want to start a YouTube channel. I'm like, just do it. Yeah. Like, you could put out 50 videos tomorrow. They each get half a view. Is that a failure or a success to you? And they're like, well, that's a failure. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sweet. Like, it's so easy to just go out there and then you keep on just doing it. And yep. sooner or later you build an audience. Like, there's so many ways to, to, to fail. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. People are scared. People are scared. I'm scared about a lot of things. What are you scared about? It's a great question. I'm not scared of heights. So that's not one of them. Okay. No, I, I think I'm like, I'm scared of taking risks initially. Like when I started Blank Slate Media, which is my agency, mm -hmm. everything just kind of fell into place and it was very natural. Like I surrounded myself with other agency owners. It's like, okay, yes, this is super risk heavy. Like I'm not going to school, but I right. always had a level of comfort. Sure. So I've always been a little scared to really bash against the walls. Like, sure. yo, this is working. I'm not really going to move from this space. So it's just getting comfortable in a very uncomfortable position. Yep. Um, so now I've been working on, okay, how do I push that comfort zone? How do I get yeah. more uncomfortable? Yeah. Um, I think like I'm, I'm still like scared of like what other people think. And as, as easy as it is to like admit, oh, I, and say like, oh, I don't care what other people think. I don't care what other people, people do or think of me. Like chances are, you're you're lying you care to a certain level of what other people think of you yeah because that's like that's how you really care about others like yeah. if you don't give a shit about what anyone says ever it's like do you really care about your audience do you really care about how people are looking at you i think that's a really profound thing to say thank you i really do like that's kind of impressive like you kind of just gave me a little bing good and and, and i agree with you because i i definitely care what other people think about you know my content or you know like how they see me dressed or like whatever like so I, I do care but I also I also believe what you just said like that is also my version of caring for others too is is being able to use what I see other people doing and be able to hopefully help them I think that's I think that's probably my favorite thing in the world is being able to be in a position to help somebody and if I'm not then I judge myself and I'm like man I need to step it up yeah why sales Sales because um, it's a life skill. I think it's something that you can use everywhere. It's not something that I use just primarily here, like when I'm on the phone with somebody, like negotiating or whatever. Um, I think it works in you know getting the in the relationship you want to be in, uh, boyfriend girlfriend. I think it's a good way to um, get your parents to increase your allowance. Like there, there's a million different applications of what it is to actually sell. And really, at the end of the day, that my personal definition of sales would just be the ability to persuade, influence, or motivate somebody to do something either for you or something that's in their own best interest. And so I think, um, I think sales is that thing that literally like I could go anywhere right now. Yeah. You give me a laptop computer, you give me a phone and drop me off in Thailand. I'm good. Yeah. Like I, I can call the United States. I could call China. I can do whatever I want. And so it's a skill that's completely transferable and like, just stupid stuff. Like the other day, I've, I have a 24 hour pass at that parking garage right over there. It's $25 a day. Like mm -hmm. if you just grab the ticket and then you leave, like 
that can get pricey. And so I had forgotten my little key card thing that you swipe or whatever. And the guy was there and he was like, man, you know, I don't think I can let you through. I'm like, yeah, dude, I completely understand that you, you, sh you probably shouldn't. Your job is to make sure that people pay. I want to let you know that if you went into your little database, you typed in Jordan Stupar, you'd see my name and everything. And I was just, I was just nice. And just like, dude, I understand. I didn't throw a fit. And he's like, yeah, man, whatever. I got you. Mm -hmm. And like, that was a sale. And so sales isn't just a money thing or like a, you know, whatever it, it, it's your ability to communicate to other people, get your point across and get them to do something about it. Yeah. I so that's that. what I love about sales. I love that. So in, in school still touching on the point of, of sales. Yep. I, I maxed out my high school's business classes at literally every single one besides like intro to business. Yeah, we can tell. Skipped intro <laughs> to business and still don't remember really anything from, it was probably eight different classes. I took like two a year, um, two full full semester classes or full year class, whatever it is. Yep. Um, and I don't remember too much. I feel that. I never learned how to use QuickBooks. <laughs> I learned all of the back end of accounting that I forgot a year later because I was just studying for the test. Uh -huh. I'm a very good note taker. I'm a very good test taker. Uh -huh. So I just like weaved my way through school and I was never challenged. Like right. I, I knew, okay, I'm not taking any AP classes. I took like two in, in my high school, yep. already paid for them, said, okay, I, I guess I need to take the exam. And yeah. it, I just like wrote how I'm not going to college on the exams. <laughs> but there was nowhere in there teaching you how to sell. Agree. Anything. Agree. Not yourself, not a product, not the Your marketing company. behind it. Yep. Anything. Yeah. No selling. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I have been trying, I've been like obsessed over the fact of how is this school system so backwards? I don't know. Both high school or, or college or even younger, middle school, elementary school, like creating a business course and not teaching real stuff on how to sell, right. what a personal brand is, how do you get people, how do you get in front of the right people, what is a network, all of these things. Yeah literally never have have learned yeah when you when you when you graduate high school or i mean in some cases college like you come out and you don't know anything about if you are entrepreneurial like my sister she is uh, the polar 180 degree opposite of me like mm -hmm. ever since she was like six she's like i'm gonna be a lawyer and i'm like okay cool she goes through college top of her class whatever you call that valedictorian. valedictorian yeah that's that was her and then she goes to college and like blah 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 and like eight years later comes out a lawyer and like she's making a, a really good living for herself right now as a 29 year old and like the school system is perfect for that like go if you're gonna be a doctor go to go to go to medicine school like whatever but like if you're if you're me, I was going to college for a communications degree. Mm -hmm. That's what I was I was going to graduate with is a communications degree. What the hell is a communications degree? Yeah. I I still to this day don't <laughs> know what those people that like walk across the thing, do the little, you know, yeah. toss of their square hat. I don't know what it is that they are able to do with a communications degree. Yeah. Can you communicate? Mm, I don't know. Mm. Like, can you actually like? Could you make a phone call for me? They, you know how to communicate, right? They haven't learned how to Google stuff and, and YouTube <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They literally need like, it's so. Little backstory. Yesterday, I learned how to use Adobe Audition. Which okay. I didn't even know what it was. Me neither. Like, okay, I, I've seen one video on it. I I saw um, Dids Eric Dids from okay. the Misfits 
post a video about it. I'm like, oh, I heard you can change songs to different lengths. So you have a 40 minute podcast, you can make this song 40 minutes long and ah, it does it automatically. Like loop it or whatever. Yep. Yeah, cool. Loops it perfectly though, instead of doing it automatic. Really? Or instead of doing it manually. Brilliant. So I, I watch a video, I watch it. I got two minutes into the video and I could you could just do it. Do it. It's like a five step process. It's super, super simple. Yep. And I, I told my dad, I'm like, yo, look what I just learned how to do. And he's like, you think they teach that in college in like a video production class or any in a probably not digital media class? I'm like, there is no way in hell no chance. they are learning how to loop songs in Adobe Audition in two and a half minutes. No chance. And if they are, it's definitely a semester course. Yeah. Semester long class. It's, it's ridiculous what, what people are paying for when they go to higher education. And don't get me wrong. Again, I do want to make a point for the engineers, the doctors, and the lawyers yes. out there. I'm not, if I have like open heart surgery, like I don't want Sam Lister to watch a YouTube video on it and then be like, dude, I got this. Yeah. I need a doctor. But We're for talking the business, anything yes. in business. For the really. vast majority of Americans, at least probably humanity there, there's really not a, 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 a there's not a reason to go to college yeah. i just don't believe in it because of what you just said i was in dallas texas i have a really good friend named russ he's a very successful entrepreneur um who has this brilliant company not the musician no okay no he has a br <laughs> this brilliant company called uh utility connect and basically um i was just hanging out with him at his house and he was like man you know like we should we should come up with like a, a, a like a a letter jacket type college like graduation thing called like class of never and it'll be sponsored by youtube <laughs> yes. and google because that's where we as entrepreneurs as business people as as videographers like dude i, I when i opened up final cut pro for the first time i'm like what the hell is this yep. like go to youtube how did how do you import a video like oh you click the down button you know like and so i think there's a trillion resources out there most of it is quality and free yeah. on YouTube, whatever. And uh, you can access all of that. So I don't see any reason why, if you're not gonna be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, one of those really specific um, niches, why would you go to school? Yeah, I agree. Go into sales, go into business, and just and sit in front of the computer and learn. Yeah, I agree. And in so in school, like, it, I, I will, I guess, play devil's advocate. As much as I like to hate on school, it is a good place for people to learn about, yo, here's here's a network I can build. And sure. a lot of people don't have the intrinsic motivation to teach themselves a lot of those things. So some people strive in a school setting, but it really goes down to, it comes down to how do you utilize that network? How do right. you utilize everything? I just had a good call with my friend Ava. Um, she's going into her freshman year of, of college, so she's young. Mm -hmm. um, she hosted a pod, she started her podcast like when she was like 15 or 16. Um, dad is super well connected in the entrepreneurial space. Um, long story short, like she's just crazy, crazy intrinsically motivated. She's like, I am like my dad, like nudged me to start all this and get interested in entrepreneurship, but she just took it and ran with it. Yep. Um, so she's like interviewed Tom Bilyeu and Seth Godin and she's like 18 years old right now. There you go. Um, crushing it. But she says like in, in this traditional school setting, she's at, um, where she, she's at Ball State in Indiana mm -hmm. for uh, for college, and they specialize in entrepreneurship. And like she tries to network and like make friends with like upperclassmen and stuff because they should know entrepreneurship. Yeah. And when she tells them like, oh yeah, I host podcasts. Like I interviewed Time Bill when I was 16 years old, and like Seth Godin when I was 18 years old, and went to New York and stuff. They're like, who's 
who's that? Who's Seth Godin? Who's who's Tom Bilyeu? <sighs> and she's like, I will take a step back. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. You can't sit with me. No. Yeah. So she has a crazy story. So she, her dad's, uh, uh, her dad is also on like Tom's podcast when it was like Inside Quest. Nice. So they they know each other. He knows Seth Godin. Um, so they go back. But long story short, she got flown out to New York yep. with Seth Godin and like her dad's class. And um, ridiculous. She she had a super cool story about like, hey, there's it's class. You walk into the room, two sides, food on one side, open windows on the other. Everyone sits by the food, and she's like. Fuck that. Seth Godin's probably going to sit on the other side of the room outside of the kids. Uh-huh. I'm going to sit there. He walks in, sits right next to me. Sure enough. She's like, I couldn't breathe for like 10 minutes. <laughs> that's awesome. So, and, and, and that's usually where you will find the one percenters. Yeah. That, that's a perfect illustration of how to get ahead of life is literally. And it's so cliche, but so many people just don't get it. Look at what everybody's doing. Do the opposite. That is like the blueprint for life that I have used in so many different areas um, to experience uh, whatever level of success I've experienced is I look what other people are doing and then I just do the opposite. Like from a creative standpoint, whether I was writing a song back in the day or I was um, doing business right now, or even as I'm building this company and this technology, I look at what everybody else is doing and then I just do it. I do the opposite. Yeah. So I think that's that's a cheat code to, to getting ahead a bit. Agreed. So you said you got into sales because you can literally use it anywhere. Anywhere. You can be dropped in the middle of the Amazon rainforest with a Verizon hotspot yep. and you're good. Done. I I relate to that um, because a lot of people struggle with, oh, I don't know what direction to go. I like medical stuff. I like environmental stuff. I like nonprofits. I like governments and yep. politics. There's so many different avenues people like to explore. Yes. Being in sales, would you feel equipped to go, hey, I want to test out the environmental sector. I can go there. Yeah. You, you just sell environmental products yeah. or create an environmental company. A million percent. You want to go into medical. You want to go into nonprofits. You can do everything. A million percent. Same with almost anything in the creative field. Like Absolutely. if I wanted to just brand myself, I'm going to be the best environmental videographer <laughs> possible. Yep. I could easily go into that. I want to just, just create medical videos yep. and healthcare videos and insurance yep. videos, real estate. There are so many different avenues. So I get the question a lot like, oh, what's what's your niche? And like, what do you specialize in? Or like, um, even outside of that question, it's like, oh, what do you do? Like, what field are you in? Right. Um, I get a lot of like people from like parents from my hometown asking like, oh, what, what field did you go into? Because right. they're not on social media and they're living under a rock um, <laughs> right. and aren't subscribed to this podcast, guys. Really? Guys. Come on. Um, but they ask, hey, what field are you in? I'm like, uh everything like i could literally go into whatever i want anything i make a lot of videos for startups but yeah. that's not very specific because <laughs> right. it doesn't need to be obviously right. there's a conversation of hey are you niche down do you do you handle it in in this very specific niche um but you can you can do anything you really can and and that's what i love about uh, that's what i love about sales and with content is like I mean, the, the sales can go a little bit deeper, I think, from that aspect of, of the, the content thing, because like um, sales, like I go to the guitar center to buy new microphone stuff, and I'm asking all sorts of questions about interfaces and other microphones, blah, 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 and I ended up only getting a microphone and a, 
you know, little stand thing mm. because the guy didn't really know how to sell. He's more of a creative guy where he knows about the microphones and the different diaphragms and he knows about the arms and the interfaces and plugins and XLRs. He knows all about it. But you don't. You're like, but I don't. What do I need to buy? Yeah, I'm like, dude, I just want my podcast to sound like decent. Like, this isn't my full time thing. I don't make money on this. Like, I'm not going to spend a ton. Um, I just need some additional equipment. And like, I was looking at several different things and I ended up getting probably one quarter of what it is that I actually wanted which I could have been pushed into had he known how to push a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like, again, I go back into sales of be able to inspire, motivate, and um, you know, get somebody, persuade somebody to do what's best for them. And what was best for me was to get the additional items that I needed to and pay extra money. So Guitar Center missed out on revenue right there, which is gonna end up going to Amazon because I'm not gonna drive back into Brookfield. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so Jeff Bezos just took Guitar Center's money because Jeff Bezos knows how to sell. Yeah. And he based his whole his whole page around sales. Hey man, you like that microphone? Probably gonna want to stand with it. Probably gonna want an XLR cable. Yep. By the way, you want the cheapest one or do you want a really good one? Yeah. Hey, you wanna check some reviews? I mean, that's that. There. That's that. As a salesperson, you probably go into purchasing decisions a little differently than most people. Oh, I'm a lay down. Explain that. I say that most salespeople, especially the good ones. And do you uh, like being sold to? I love being sold. Like, <laughs> whenever I do get a cold call on my phone, hey, this is Jimmy with whatever. Like, I'm the guy, I'm not going to hang up on you. I am going to listen to you. I remember you've been there. Yeah, a million times. Yeah. And and I, I usually do get hung up on. So I one, I don't want to be a jerk. Um, I also don't like putting that energy out there so that when I do make a phone call, I want somebody to at least play the game with me. Yeah, at least play the game. Um, there was a time and this is a, a, a kick ass lesson for anybody. I was on the phone. I was in Miami. I was in my condo. I just bought my Porsche 911, which came with a Sirius XM satellite radio, which I thoroughly enjoy for one reason, which I'll get to in a second. And the, the Sirius XM, like two, three months in, the subscription was up and they get a call from this guy, forget his name. Um, and he's like, hey man, you know, do you want, um, do you want to ex extend your uh, Sirius subscription? It's only $34.99 for the next 12 months. I just bought a $130,000 car. Money's not the issue here. But he's like, we have a deal for you, like on the price break. And I'm like, okay, man, that sounds cool. But like, you know, I. I I just listen to Spotify. He's like, oh, but yeah, man, but like we have a thousand channels and all this thing, all this stuff going on. And uh, long story short, I was on the phone with this guy for 30 minutes. I just, I just played the game with him. And I was like, dude, I, I listen to Spotify. Like I'm good. And he's like, he didn't ask the one question that he needed to, to earn my business. And the one question that he could have asked to earn my business. Listen up. What's your favorite radio station on Sirius XM? If you would have asked that question, I would have said BPM. I like electronic dance music sometimes when I'm driving fast. Mm -hmm. And he would have said, if you don't have Sirius XM, where else are you going to listen to BPM? Oh. 447. I would have given the credit card number right then. He could have skipped the whole intro. Hey, my name is John from Sirius XM. What's your favorite radio station on Sirius right now? Oh, dude, BPM, 100%. Cool, man. Your subscription's about up, and you're never going to be able to listen to it again unless you give me $34.99. What card do you want to put that on? Shit, dude. All right. Yeah. Let's go. Done. 
would have saved me a half hour, would have saved him a half hour. And honestly, I didn't give the guy a sale because he didn't ask that one question. He didn't figure out what I wanted. And that, that will crush you um, in sales and in businesses. You have to be able to ask the right questions, get down to the bottom of why somebody would want to do business with you. And that's like, that's gold for anybody listening. Yeah. How, did, how have you learned all of those tips and tricks besides just going out and doing it? Like, you, you bought the 911. Yep. $130,000 car. Pretty nice car. I, I, I love say. it. It's it's not a Tesla, but it's it's, <laughs> it's still nice. Um, let's let's rewind a little bit. You don't you typically don't just get one of those for free and someone just gives you, hey, here's the keys to your new 911. You're like, yeah. oh, cool. I'm working at Walmart right now yeah. and I'm making 10 bucks <laughs> yeah, an hour. Sweet, I just got a free 911. Dude. Yeah. Let's go back. I know you've been in sales for 18 years, yep. right? Um, where did it start? How did you start making money? Yep. When did you realize, oh, wow, I can make a lot of money, actually? Yeah. Um, and what is success to you? So that's like 12 different questions Dude, all right. in one. L but let's just go back. Let's stack them up. All right, so um, I'll run through my, um, my story super quick. So first products that I sold door-to-door -door were alarm systems. And uh, I was pr probably in a really sketchy neighborhood for a white boy to be in. Um, back in the day and literally um, I got dropped off with a binder and I'm just walking around and I'm like literally two weeks go by and like in sales for a lot a lot of sales jobs you don't make any money unless you sell something like it was just straight commission so two weeks I haven't made a dime I'm literally walking around every single day and I'm hating my life and my mom just says knock one more door like I called her I'm like mom I'm done like just come pick me up I'm done I'm gonna go go back to Chili's you know she's like one more door Jordan I'm like whatever so I'm actually walking to go do my one more door and this guy flags me down he's working on his car he's like hey man what are you doing and I'm like I'm just giving away alarm systems bro and he's like oh shit man I need one of those come on over anyway he did a sale it was a total laydown. took me like 15 minutes I walked out of that door and I made $225 in that half hour. And I was like, that's where it hit me to answer one of your questions is that's when I learned that I could make a lot of money if I was able to duplicate this as many times in a day as I possibly could. And so that's that was the shot of heroin that was like, okay, I'm addicted. Like, let me figure out how to get good at this. From there, I started getting pretty good at it, but I just, I never really developed the discipline um, and the work ethic that I needed to consistently deliver results. So um, for a, a lot of my 20s, and this is great advice for anybody out there that's young, is you'll experience you know, those upticks in business where you're making a little bit more money than you're used to, or, or even way more than what you're used to, and you just, you kinda like just take your foot off the gas, and you're like, oh, I can create this whenever I want to. That's not really the case. You have to be consistent, and the system will pay you out. Um, and so from there, I spent a lot of my 20s, probably 20 to 25, like just up and down, making 40 to 50 grand every single year, like literally take a week off at a time, then go print some mon money, pay some bills, party a little bit. And that was the story of 20 to 25 for me. 26, moved down to Miami. Um, and that's where um, I got thrown in my first inside sales position where I'm just cold calling on people or whatever. And um, it was a higher ticket sale. So like literally the income is limitless. And so there was people around me that were making a couple of bucks, whatever, nothing terribly impressive, maybe like 80 grand. So like double what I'm really used to, but still nothing like shiny. And so um, 
the, the day that I became a professional, and this goes back to answer another one of your questions, I'm kind of keeping track as mm -hmm. I go with this little check mark, is the day that I became a real sales professional and the day that I started actually making real money was February 4th, 2014. I made a phone call to a guy, I scheduled an appointment and he said, nah, forget the appointment, let's just take a look at your product now. So I do, the, uh, I do this and it was the night before that I actually became the sales professional. I took a legal pad, mm -hmm. everybody knows what those are, and I wrote down just, I filled the whole page up with questions that I could ask at any given time where if I got lost or got stalled out or just lost my train of thought, I could have a good question just lined up out of my artillery and just, and just shoot it off to get a response. And I started using some of these questions in my sales process. And literally 30 minutes later, I walked out to the printer. I printed off a $108,000 contract. I get paid out on contract value. I made what was that 14 grand in a half hour that's when something like it just turned on where i was like dude i'm gonna work 15 16 hours a day i'm gonna call as many mofos as i possibly can and i'm gonna ask these questions and dude i went from making forty thousand dollars a year in 2013 to eighty thousand dollars in 2014 to $373,000 in 2015 to $452,000 in 2016. And so like those questions and that work ethic paired together, boom. And, and that's, that's where I became obsessed with sales. And that's also where I started having the desire to kind of create some content and also answer people's questions. Because um, when you're making that type of money, man, like that's really good money. Yeah. It's, it's excellent, especially if you're not the business owner. Yeah. Cause you have no risk, no liability. You're just showing up, doing work, getting a paycheck and you can have a Friday night off or whatever. So, um, that's what got me obsessed with sales. And that's kind of the background of how I got the Porsche and like what I did to get it is just tireless work ethic and constantly honing skills. Yeah. So going into business, like I was wide-eyed I had no idea uh -huh. what was going on I had no idea how to sell I had no idea what to charge people yep like that too from yep. so my I know you don't know like too much of my backstory I had like I've had one job in my life at the rock sports complex which was a baseball field in summer snow park in winter okay so I got my first job pizza cook eight bucks an hour i think pizza cook loved it loved it freaking loved it how much pizza did you eat a lot <laughs> unhealthy amounts um and like all of my friends worked the same place and it was a pretty small place it's only like a pizza cooking and like a delivery person at the same time and you just delivered like within the baseball field and like the, the umbrella bar yeah so it is like dream come true free, it. free pizza for like two summers in a row how, how old were you uh 14. 14. 14 to like 15 or 16. Dang, okay. Um, so Started I did that. Early. And yeah, as soon as I could get a job, my first job was um, at like the snow park. So I raked all like the ski jumps and sure. rails and stuff. Um, so I did that and then pizza cook first like two years of my working career. So yeah. 14 through 16. Yeah. Uh, I didn't make more than like eight bucks an hour. <laughs> then I turned, I turned 18 in like, um, so I transitioned from pizza cook to baseball fields which is kind of an upgrade. Um, <laughs> but I, I learned like, oh, I, I love this job actually. Like, yes, I could be making more money somewhere else for a 17 year old, but like, I love doing this, which is kind of like a common theme with my life. Like, yeah. I've never like disliked a job. I've never disliked a way to make money. Sure. Um, so when I turned 18 and got feel like the like a manager roles, which whopping $10 an hour, 
I know. Ooh. We're we're going up the ranks. All in. Um, but that's like when I learned how to like actually like lead a team. I was in charge of like three, four different people like sure. within the baseball field. And then that winter, the winter of my senior year, so I I ran the actual snow park. I got paid three hundred dollars a week. Three hundred dollars a week. Right. I was there. 40 to 60 hours in high school but because i got to snowboard quite a bit like they it's a wash it was it was like a weird weird pay structure they're like we can't pay you hourly because you're snowboarding like half the time but you still need to be here and i'm like you're lucky i love what i do yeah because i just worked my ass off like that was still in still in high school so i had half days um so i got done with school at 12 o'clock every day and i still ran track so got done with school went to the rock Opened up the whole hill, came back to school, ran track practice or whatever it is, went back to the hill after that, closed up the hill, went home, did my homework, repeat that. Dude, all winter long. That's work ethic. It was like 100, at least 100 hour weeks every week. Um, But I went from working literally like 40 to 60 hours in high school and getting paid $300 a week. So like $1,200 a month. And then like my first video gig, he's like, all right, I'll pay you, pay you 1200 bucks a month. This will be like a $5,000 contract and we'll do a few, few video shoots, shoots the month. I'm like, I'm going to make everything I've made this month, one year ago into three video shoots, Yep. making videos for a living. Yep. I'm like, oh my God, Yep. I'm rich. Yeah. I'm, I'm balling out. I'm balling. No, but like that, like that was my, and that was still with like my iPhone. So I had zero expenses, zero experience Love that, dude. with my iPhone. He bought me a $40 road mic that I could plug into my iPhone, sure. stand 20 feet away from him, film the videos, edit it on my, on my iPhone. And that's how I started video. But that's like sick. from there, it was never like. Yo, I'll I'll charge you twenty bucks for this for this picture for this ten hour video shoot. It's like I just realized people have money they can actually give you. Yeah. So from there I'm like, oh and I kinda know what to charge. I'll just yeah. charge higher than that. I'm just gonna charge money. And just kept going and kept going and kept going. Yep. Um and like that's kinda like how I like woke up to like, oh, you can make money doing what you love to do if you know how to sell yourself and you know you can actually bring value and you are solving a problem yes people will actually pay for it way way more than you think way more than you think absolutely true absolutely true like yeah best sales experience best sales experience i've ever had yes in my career maybe like easiest close biggest deal best feeling you've ever gotten maybe that was holding the keys of the new 911. What the, was it? The 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 biggest deal was by far I wouldn't say the hardest but the lengthiest. I worked a deal with Sprint, um Fortune 50 company, um and in 2015 or so, when things kind of started turning on, and I was making a bunch of money. I was like, "Man, you know what? I'm going to pick a Fortune 50. Just pick a Fortune 50 company and I'm going in ice cold. And I'm going to do it Stupar style. I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm going to do it my way and if i get this deal i'm going to give my permission give myself permission to go do whatever it is that i want to do because then i know that this process works at scale and so um yeah throughout the course of two and a half years um i just started walking into sprint stores like i would just open the door at like seven o'clock when they're kind of getting ready to close and i would just find the store manager and i say hey um you know i want to talk to your team about sales they're like okay 
like whatever. And so like after five of those, six of those, the store manager, they jump onto Twitter. I discovered that everybody on, on at Sprint is on Twitter. That's like the way that they communicate, like store 356, like crush their numbers. Like that goes up to their regional manager and that goes up to the, and it goes on and on. And so um, I just started over the course of two and a half years, I just started identifying the key players, who's the people I need to get in front of. Um, and then I found out that there's 18 decision makers at the time in the company. I mean, there's a California and then there's Texas. And so um, at the end of the day, two and a half years later, um, I was uh, sitting in front of the regional president uh, for the entire state of Florida. They do two, two and a half billion a year. So like, this is not like, you know, your, your average like guy sitting across the table and I'm pitching them uh, $800,000 for a six month contract. And um, he's like, uh, he's like business school, like obviously late forties, very intelligent. You don't manage that type of business without really knowing your shit. And so I'm sitting across from this guy in his office and I've slid over the proposal and agreement and it's, you know, 800 grand for six months or whatever. And he says, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Jordan, we, we really appreciate your work here and everything, um, but can I explain to you exactly how you should model your pricing? And I was like, please, please do. <laughs> so he grabs a graph, and unfortunately, I don't have one for those of you listening or, of course, you guys watching, but he basically took a graph, and you can imagine the, is it the x-axis that goes up and down? XY. XY. Okay, cool. So you can imagine stairs where it yes. just, it goes up and then it flattens well, out. Horizontal is X. Oh, okay. Y. So yeah, you've got, you've got the amount of money that something's going to cost and then you have time. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And so I immediately for what I was trying to do, we were gathering how many people, how many employees in the state of Florida there were. And so there was like, I don't know, 1200 or whatever. And so we had priced our product. And so he, he basically shows me a graph and he says, okay, so we're going to incur this amount of cost with this many people that is going to flatten out. You don't need to charge us anymore. And then sooner or later, you know, we add on more users or whatever. And so then you have, you know, another step up and then it flattens out. And he says, so basically, um, you're charging probably about 75% more than what I'm willing to pay. And so I think this should be probably about a $200,000 contract. Um, and, uh, and, uh, that's what I'm willing to do. And so at the time it was like, October-ish of 2017. I needed this 800 grand in order to hit a bonus. And the bonus, what was on the table for me was $188,000 to me, like yeah. in my bank account. So I'm like sweating bullets across from this guy that's smarter than I am, more successful than I am, knows more about business than I do. And um, that's where everything, everything really, really clicked in selling yourself. Is I said, I said, sir, We'll, we'll call him sir. We'll call him sir. I, I said sir. Sir Sprint. Yeah. I, I really appreciate the free lesson in pricing and economics and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, is that it looks a bit like this. And it looks like uh, just a straight linear, just rising line. And I said, because you're the, the, the product that you're getting is free. You're getting the product for free. I'm not charging you for the product. The $800,000 that I propose, that's for me because who on earth is gonna service you? Who on earth has been going to all your stores for the last two and a half years and just going to Miami Beach and then going to Kendall and then going to Hialeah and like, who's been the person doing that? And he's like, well, you have. And I said, who's gonna continue to service this account? Well, you are, 
Great. So the product is free. You're buying me. This would mean the world to me. And you want me to be successful, don't you? Yeah, I do. This is your opportunity to make an, a, a gigantic difference in my life. Let's do this. So he did it and he did it at my price. And then later on, by the way, this is just another second layer of, of this deal is, okay, I got the deal. Fantastic. We got the deal on Halloween, 2017. Large companies, in case you've never worked with one, they don't pay their bills on time. They pay their bills when they wanna pay their bills. Net 30, net 60, net 90. By the way, for those of you that don't know, net 60 would say, if I give Sam an invoice right now, Sam would say, I have 60 days to pay that bill. And by the way, if I pay it early, I want a discount. <laughs> That's kind of how these things work. So I needed, I, I don't get paid on my deal. Nothing really counts until money comes in on the deal. So um, I had, 60 days exactly to get this check from from sprint i'm sweating bullets because again i'd finally gotten the deal now i need to get money on it and i need to get money on it early now the problem is is that november and december are what holidays holidays so that net 60 is going to end up overlapping into january and i'm screwed i'm literally out 188 grand so not only did i have to sell sir sprint <laughs> on the agreement itself and get him to sign off of, on it but I also had to make a couple of phone calls out to him, his legal team procurement to expedite payment. December 27th, 2017, we received a check from Sprint. Really? Yes. That was the day that I literally cried. I, I had gotten a check from this, this deal that I'd been working for forever. And uh, literally the next day on the 27th, um, we were going to uh, Riviera Maya for just a little, uh, New Year's vacation with ever with the family. And I remember waking up on January 2nd. I remember going up into my bank account and I remember popping that bad boy open and seeing a $188,000 check clear. And that was, you know, two months later, I went out and bought 9-11, quit my job and uh, became an entrepreneur and I've been unemployed since. So I have one question for you. Yeah. What is your favorite Sirius XM radio station bpm you want my credit card number two <laughs> that is wonderful where you think when you were was this before or after sirius xm talk this was before okay when you were when the dude was pitching sirius xm did you think about this exact conversation uh, selling to mr sprint yeah yeah the the exact exact situation instead yeah. of 800 grand it's 35 dollars though yeah or 36 dollars. yeah i mean if, if the guy on on sirius would have would have said look we can take a half hour to close this deal and i'm gonna just we'll just we'll play the game or i could i could literally sell you in the next 15 seconds but i'm gonna charge you a little bit more since we're saving time what would you rather do i'd say dude what's the surcharge for saving time he's 50 bucks more than the whole subscription yeah i would have done it and he would just say, okay, great. Um, instead of 34, this is gonna be $84.99. What's your favorite radio station? Yeah. I would have been like, dude, that's, that's a banger, bro. Here's, here's, here's yep. the money. And he could have pocketed 50 bucks just for saving me 30 minutes of his time. But SiriusXM, you need to call me. <laughs> I can help you guys out. Wisdom, <laughs> wisdom. All right, I got a quick question for you though. Let's do it. Got about 10 minutes left. We don't have a hard stop at an hour. I got you. But. I got you. 
Um, so you you swung you swung through. We're doing the podcast, which I appreciate you having me on. By the way, appreciate you hopping of, on. Of course, man. Now the question I have for you is: I saw the other day on your Instagram stories that a creator like you, you're a creator. I am a creator. You were having like a like a creativity block on like making yes. content. Yep. I want to ask you a couple of questions because I want to help you erase that block. Yes. Why do you create? To document document my journey in an authentic way and show people like, yo, this is my this is my life. And I guess the creative block w- was a direct reflection of like a personal block in my life. I'm very trans. I try to be very transparent on you social are. media. Um, but I was just going through like overwhelmingness and like a lot of things just hit like personal relationships, family relationships, business stuff, and like. I, I guess like contradictory like it was like the best business month like we've had like ever but personal was just rough and like yeah October of 2019 was like I released like four videos and I usually produce like daily videos one a day yeah at so least. so I took a massive step back and just kind of reanalyzed everything I've I felt like I have been just very surface level with my content so I've been I I didn't want to just I don't want to keep creating content that I think other people want to hear I want to do it for myself. I love um, that. And get deeper and bring bring more value. I love that. So then in that case, I, I've learned um, that um, you've probably heard this line, your mess can become your message. And um, I think in my own personal life, I, I, I post quite a bit of things that I think other people want to see. Yep. And I get like some likes, yep. you know, some like a share here and there. Some views. The best content I have are the ones where I am most transparent and most not only just transparent like woohoo I closed a big deal this is how I did it but I mean transparent in dude where where are the real struggles for me where have I really been struggling and it's really uncomfortable to talk about especially publicly but like literally on those types of posts those are the posts that literally eliminate haters yep at, that I've seen like I don't get any like oh dude I, I knew you were you know a douche or what like whatever um, people always come to s- support and encourage you. And so I wanted to say, like, as you're creating and kind of taking a step back out of the painting that you're in, um, is be be vulnerable, not just transparent. Be vulnerable, too, because that's where the lessons are for me as a, as a viewer. Um, and that that's the advice I would give just based on my own experience on social is, like, being transparent is one thing. I think being vulnerable is another. And I think if you can do both, I think that you have the keys to the vault. I appreciate that. Yeah, like it. No, it it shows. And I've I've had a few posts um, recently where where I open up like, yo, these I are the that. things I'm struggling with. I had a had a potential client meeting yesterday, and like the first thing he asked me like, yo, how are you doing? And like typically people ask you that like, oh, how are you doing? You you answer good, and yeah, you're yeah. you're on your way. You're talking right. about here is here's here's the deal. Blah 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 blah. Um, and he's like, no, like how are you? Like I've I've seen your posts. Are you good? Like let's talk about your mental health. And like right pretty much random client meeting like we've met once before and it just like caught me off guard on like how authentic and like caring he was genuine and i'm like let's talk about this this is cool right um and he's like dude i just appreciate your vulnerability opening up about those things especially at a young age but not even bringing age into this like a lot of people don't share that stuff so it's true i just wanted to say like i appreciate your your message i appreciate yours too and i i think it's really badass too as an old man at 32 shut up <laughs> i think it's really badass to see people doing what what i i would be doing exactly what you're doing right now if i was 20 the exact same thing we would be 
fierce competitors here in Milwaukee. Like, I would either move down to Chicago to get away from you, or I would kick you the hell out of my city and you'd go down to somewhere else. Like, I would be doing exactly what you're doing, and I think keep doing what you're doing. Um, I think that's really exciting. And, um, and yeah, dude, just keep on doing what you're doing. I'm really proud of you, and that's why I wanted to spend some time with you just chatting. And um, I'm really excited for you, man. I think it's going to be a, a kick-ass journey for you, and I, me and many others are watching. I, I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Appreciate you you supporting me. And, like, all, all throughout this journey, like, I guess giving, giving a piece of advice to anyone out there, it's like what I've kind of, like, experienced this past year. It's like going from, okay, graduating high school to, like, zero network really to like oh now i have the network of like the top people in small milwaukee yeah um and that's that's growing but like it really just shows it's it's all about your network as cliche as it sounds it's like it's it's so cliche you you are the sum of the the five people around you like the truth. that shit is real so if you are surrounded by losers that just sit on a couch all day and complain about the government and how bad global warming is and don't do anything about it like yeah that's gonna be you don't expect to be any different yeah exactly last question i had before before you wrap this up that i did want to ask is starting blank starting blank tell me about it and what's the name because i feel like so many times in my life i've started blank like you leave something take a new opportunity and each one of those lily pads to the place where you want to go is that blank slate (laughs) yeah so just tell me how you came up with that and and tell me what your goal is with the podcast with the video with everything that you're doing yeah so i've i've always been obsessed with this notion of like oh you can create your own path there's like there's essentially a blank slate ahead and that's why i I called my video agency blank slate media because essentially we are helping other brands carve their path through video or paint their picture whatever analogy you want to create um so as i've been doing this agency stuff it's like okay that's blank slate media that's cool what's next like what what do i really want to do and um, as i was thinking about this it's like my life has always been like different stages just like anyone's life it's middle school then high school then college or workforce um and each of those moments i've just reflected like okay here's a blank slate I'm starting blank again um, and as I transition out of this agency model and I go into whatever's next which is this podcast YouTube channel personal content I'm starting blank again so I plan on kind of just resetting every single year but have everything tied together so it just shows people that like no matter where you are you can take a step back and start blank hell yeah and that's what this podcast and youtube channel is all about i love it and helping other people dig into their story about hey you started blank once or multiple times many times what how did you start from blank to where you are now how do you go from blank to 9-11 to Golfstream 550 or whatever you're buying next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that that's the story. That's yeah. the story. Everybody's got one. And um, I think it's really exciting what you're doing, being able to not only document your story, but also uh, highlight the stories of others as well. So I think that's badass. I think it's exactly what you should be doing. I couldn't be more pumped for you. And uh, thanks for having me on, on Starting Blank Podcast. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast, Jordan. For sure, dude. Dude, appreciate it. I'm good. This has been Starting Blank with Sam Lister. Again, thank you, Jordan Stupar, for hopping on. Sales, badass, just wizard, content creator. (laughs) And again, appreciate you. Let's go. Thanks for watching, guys. 
tune in to the next episode. We don't know who's next, but we'll see. <laughs>